0: So, you've decided to get into corporate communications. Are you sure? You're paid to find the right words, but ask anyone in the profession to explain simply what they do for a living, and they can't. It's full of sometimes well-paid individuals trying desperately to appease their master by telling them what they think they want to hear. Sometimes the pay isn't good at all, but the hours are long. And credit for hard work? Not this profession. Spin. Reframing the question, changing the focus, torque, propaganda, nudging, emotional blackmail. Better learn these terms. Today on Stories and Strategies. Give yourself to the dark side. Are you really sure? This is Doug it's my guest this week's Michelle Garrett, Columbus, Ohio. Hi, Michelle. Hello, Doug. How are you? You guys are in a heat wave right now in Ohio. Is that right? It's It's been really, really steaming hot last few days.
1: Yeah, off and on. Yes.
0: <laughs> so what are there pools? What, what do people do in Ohio, in Columbus in particular, big university yeah. town? Uh, what yeah. do you do when it's that hot outside?
1: Well, I mean, first of all, every home has air conditioning, which I learned when I lived out west. That's not the case. So, um, that's a big deal, of course, central air. And, uh, we stay inside a lot and turn on the air conditioner. But there, yeah, there are pools and water parks and, um, we have a really nice um, zoo and water park here in columbus so a lot of people come and and visit that and um yeah so just the just the norm i guess
0: people Yeah i've heard you have an amazing zoo that's that's got to be on my bucket list for sure
1: It's very nice yes i'm not a big water park person but when my kids were younger we did uh sometimes head over there as well so it's all connected you can spend a whole weekend over there if you want so
0: <laughs> Awesome Michelle, you're a freelance PR consultant and writer. Some of your focus includes small businesses, startups, marketing agencies, corporations around the world, really. Recently, you were ranked as number three on the PR measurement Twitter influencer index published by Cometric, and you have been named one of the most influential tech PR professionals in the world by Propel. Third time on Stories and Strategies, so you definitely have a lot of influence with us. You're a friend of the podcast. Great to have you back.
1: Well, Doug, I think you do such a fabulous job, and I just appreciate you having me back. Thank you so much.
0: Michelle, that, um, that bit of silliness off the top of the podcast <laughs> referred to public relations and communications as the dark side, a.k.a. the world of spin, manipulation. Um, let's first dispel that idea for the new grads that are listening, uh, new grads in PR, comms, marketing. uh, There definitely are some dark nights in the PR world, but we're trying to fill the profession with Jedis.
1: That's absolutely right. And one of the things that I spend a lot of time tweeting about and writing about is the... Uh, I think, in fact, the first time I was on the podcast, we talked about snake oil, I believe. And so um, maybe that's how we initially got connected, because there are just so many people, unfortunately, um, that claim to be PR professionals um, who really are just trying to make a buck and are willing to sell out their morals and ethics. And I just wonder if people have a conscience sometimes, because what ends up happening is when there are those forces at work, Um, you know, the forces for positive, the people that are really, truly, honestly trying to do a good job for their clients are also impacted and get a bad name because of the bad apples, of course. Um, In every profession, we have that. But it's something that I try to call out when I see it. Uh, Things like paid opportunities that masquerade as earned media. Um, Of course, there are agencies and, and PR people who just seem to have no ethics and those stories need to be called out as well. So those are a couple of
0: examples. I, my social media feed lately has been getting filled with the uh, AI can write your your blog posts and your social media posts for you. You don't need a human. Would you classify that under the potentially snake oil thing?
1: Well, I think I don't think I would. I think that you need to use care if you are going to go that route. I think there's always going to be room for humans and a need for humans because computers, robots don't have, you know, they they don't have the same uh, human touch, of course, the same emotion, the same uh, response to uh, whatever they're trying to put forth as a human being would. So I think that there are companies who are truly trying to take some of the drudgery out of the Mm -hmm. day-to-day work that we do. And I don't think that's a terrible thing. I just think the way that it's applied and the um, uses for it need to be, you need to keep that in mind and
0: keep an eye on that. Yeah, be careful. Okay. Your top ideas for new grads. Number one is work hard. And I love that. Um, And one thing you should work to refine Constantly, you will never stop refining. This is writing.
1: Well, I talk about writing all the time, and of course, I when I went to get my um, my degree, I was in journalism school. The PR focus was under the umbrella of the journalism discipline. So my degree is a BA in journalism with a concentration in public relations, and not every person needs to have that of course they're not necessarily going to have that and i my son is in college right now when we started to look at schools for him i was just amazed that um the number the way the programs have changed the names of them they don't even call it communications or journalism always um it's integrated communications strategic communications it's not the same anymore so i feel like it's changing and then just the the mix of the skill sets are changing However, the writing is a foundation of everything that we do. That's, that's in my, my opinion anyway, because if you can write clearly, it means you're thinking clearly, um, you're capable of um, putting together ideas. And of course, you know, not everybody is the best writer, but I think you can try to hone your writing and the best way to do that, I mean, really two things. The first one is to write and the second one is to read so uh those are two ways to to really work on that skill
0: yeah i yeah and i'm with you as you know 100% on that even there's writing for ultimately the words i've written to be read um by someone and that could be an outside audience but more than that even it's usually it's my manager my vice president my ceo it's internal audiences um, and learning how to write in different ways. But there's also writing if if what I'm doing is ultimately to be delivered in a presentation fashion. So I'm not delivering a written word to anybody. I'm delivering spoken word. Like this podcast, for example, that mm-hmm. still begins with writing. You still need to, to have a proper strategy and write it out.
1: Yes, and I think it means that you can think critically as well. And I think that I've, I have a couple of teacher friends who say, that they see kids reading less, which means they can't think critically, and they Uh, aren't as good at writing. And that's one thing I see come up all the time when I see hiring managers talk about finding strong candidates for PR and communications jobs, is that the writing falls short in many cases. And so I think that If you focus on your writing, it can really help you stand out. And again, maybe presentation skills as well. I feel like that's something we probably didn't get enough of when I went to school. I don't know if the programs now have more of that, but I know my own kids just in high school and college are definitely having to stand up and present. And I think it's just great experience for them because that's another thing. If you can present your ideas, sell your ideas. And I don't mean in a, you know, like a, like a, uh, a smarmy car yeah. salesman <laughs> sales pitch way. I mean, pres- yeah. <laughs> right. Present them in a, in a convincing fashion to get people to, kind of to win people over or convince people of your, you know, your, that your ideas may work, that they're worth a try, at least. I think that's really important because sometimes Companies, clients get set, stuck in their ways, set in their ways, and they are a little unwilling to try new things. So if you can be convincing and maybe even back up your ideas with some data or examples or things like that, um, I know we're kind of getting off the writing point, but that's just something else I think would be important to yeah, to think agreed.
0: about. Um, Your second tip is get involved in associations and organizations for public relations and or marketing. So nationally in the United States, the big one, the Public Relations Society of America, PRSA. There's also the Institute for Public Relations or IPR. I love that one. And there's IEBC which is strong on the West Coast in the United States, the California up through into Washington State. It's the International Association of Business Communicators. It's also popular here in Canada. As well in Canada, we have the Canadian Public Relations Society, CPRS. Worldwide, the biggest is the Public Relations and Communications Association, or PRCA, which was born in the UK but is really is international now under the leadership, the great leadership of Francis Ingham, Uh, the Chartered Institute of Public Public Relations, CIPR, the only royal charter. In Australia, the big one is the Public Relations Institute of Australia, PRIA, and in India, the Public Relations Society of India, PRSI. There are countless more, but they tend to be members themselves of one or both of the two global entities, the International Communications Consultancy Organization, the ICCO, or I've heard people call it the ICO, and the Global Alliance. We've provided links to all of those in the show notes. Bottom line is is uh, find a, a PR association um in my mind, the values all tend to be kind of similar and the same, but find one whose values you you agree with and become a member of the association, and an active member.
1: Yes, that's a good point. In my opinion, joining is really just the first little step. You really need to get involved. You need to volunteer because that's how you'll meet people, show up at events. Of course, now, you know, we have Sometimes in person, sometimes virtual, it's a little harder than it used to be. But, um, you know, if you can go in person and you feel okay, and they're having those events in person, I would say that's that's worth your your time, because I think all of us would probably agree that seeing somebody face to face adds another dimension of familiarity and and just maybe you stay on that person's mind a little bit more um, when you meet them in person and, and get to talk to them live. I was going to add, I was going to mention that um, IABC is the organization that I was involved with out in the Bay Area, which is where I met my mentor. And my mentor encouraged me to, before I went out on my own, to work at an agency. And I probably never would have done that if he hadn't suggested it. And it was very difficult, but I'm so glad I did it because he was 100% right in that it taught me to uh, juggle multiple clients and multiple uh, deadlines. And it taught me how to work uh, with the team. And of course, I met a lot of people that I've stayed in touch with over the years that have been great sources of referrals to me. And um, I still occasionally will have that happen even all these years later. So um, I can't You know, I can't credit that organization enough. I ended up being on the board. I was even president for a year of IABC out there. And I just loved it so much. So I have a lot of uh, great memories of that. Now, here in Columbus, um, PRSA is pretty active. And I've spoken at a couple of their events. And the student chapters, like at Ohio State, for example, which is where I went to school, they have a PRSSA student chapter and then i know with some of them if you are in that chapter then you transition as you graduate to the uh, professional chapter you save money they have special memberships special you know deals for students that are entering the profession so i think it's great to maybe get your foot in there as a student and then transition it uh, as you graduate to a professional membership
0: perfect and by the way if your association or your organization wasn't mentioned here Send me an email, uh, doug at storiesandstrategies.ca, and let me know. And hey, if you retweet this episode or leave a rating, all the more likely we'll include a link to your organization in the show notes as well. A 2019 report by the BBC found consumers are more engaged during the branded parts of a podcast than they are during the rest of the content a 12% higher memory encoding. That same study found podcasts increase awareness of your brand by 89%, favorability of your brand by 24%, and purchase intent, whatever that means for you, by 14%. Maybe a podcast is right for you and your brand. Send me an email personally and let's just talk about it. Doug at storiesandstrategies.ca. Let's talk podcasts. Number three, the client doesn't always understand PR. (laughs) I would counter that with with, uh, rarely understands PR, but I have found this to be true, not only um, to external clients as a consultant, but with you know, vice presidents that I work with of operations or, or CEOs or, gosh, even ugh, VPs of communications um, that I've worked with. There's lots of misunderstanding about what real public relations and communications is.
1: Absolutely. It's astounding, in fact, to me uh, that I'd be people in these roles. And again, I'm mean, not talking about anybody specifically, you know, nobody should, should, you know, think that I'm talking about them. But um, I do see this as an issue because it makes it very difficult to uh find success for a client who doesn't understand even what PR is or comms is and what we do and how it works. And it's not ads, it's not paid ads, you know, it's not like we can, you know, put something out there. And on Tuesday, it's going to show up on page three and say X, Y, and Z. It doesn't work that way. And I think that there's a lot of confusion. And in fact, when I give talks, I often have a slide that compares advertising with public relations, paid media, earned media. It's not the same thing. And so it's it's something I've spent a lot of time on again, is just educating clients. And I, I really have kind of veered away from working with clients who kind of refuse to understand and just think that they know how it works when they really truly do not. So it's like I said, it's kind of a lose lose situation, in my opinion, because it's like, well, they think it's this. It's not that. And so I can't do that because that's not what I do. So it's mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like you throw up your hands a little bit.
0: Yeah. And, and the, the example, I think I've brought this up with you before is, is, um, the media relations role I was in at one organization and was told point blank by my vice president, your job is to control the media. Yeah. And, and it just created the most awkward situation. <laughs> I must have gone, you know, completely, uh, gaunt in the face at the time because I didn't know how to respond.
1: And I have that in my notes. We don't control the media. That's it. I wrote that down. So it's so funny that you say that because, uh, yeah, I, I, I just don't, I, I don't know where the, pe- the people got the idea, it, but Hollywood. it's just like if they refuse to be educated and, and they don't follow your lead, how can you be successful? Because they're just going to be disappointed. They're not going to understand the value of what you bring or how it works or how long it takes. Again, there's risk. It doesn't always happen overnight. There's just a number of things about it. And I, I used to, I think I used to just proceed if I thought, well, they don't get it, but they will, you know, they'll see like, but now I think up front, we have to have that conversation and that understanding to even have a chance of being, you know, working together successfully and productively, because if they don't get that, that's at the part, the foundation of what we're doing. So if they don't understand how it works, I don't know if they're going to be happy and I'm probably going to be miserable.
0: So that's actually a great tip because the way you describe that sounds like a relationship. The classic, okay, they, they don't really get what where I'm at right here, but I'll change them over time. That that's how that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> and well I won't say you won't, but you know, the odds are you can't.
1: That's absolutely right in both in relationships and with the PR client. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's right. And I love the fourth tip here. The path may not always lead straight up the ladder. Now dig into what you mean by that.
1: Well, I think sometimes we start out, of course, as, you know, a a lot of us are, you know, young, fresh out of school, we have these ideas about where we're headed. And there's nothing at all wrong with that. Uh, In fact, I, you know, I think I encourage people to try to, you know, have an idea of where they want to go or where they want their career to take them. But I do think that there are times when maybe you get an opportunity that you didn't think you were going to get, or maybe... You start out doing what you wanted to do, but it's not, doesn't feel right. If you're not feeling it, it's not making you happy. Um, And so you might have to change gears and change uh, paths a little bit. And that's okay because... I think we need to just stay open-minded and flexible as we progress in our careers. And something I think right now that's, you know, of course, the, there's the great resignation. And I think there used to be kind of a stigma about changing jobs too often. And now it's more accepted. You know, if you don't, if you're not happy and your employer isn't um, giving you opportunities that you need to grow it's okay to explore other avenues. And for me, eventually that meant going out on my own, which is something, you know, I always knew that I wanted to do, but I had to figure out the timing and what experience I needed and and so forth. But I just think that um, maybe you start out in an industry that you find you don't like. Maybe you start out in a role. Maybe you're doing a lot of uh, multimedia and you'd rather do more writing. Or maybe, you know, you're working with the executive team and you find that you'd rather focus more on products and solutions or just something like that, I think is good to keep in mind that don't get too set on this path that you have in your head.
0: And, and combined with that last question, um, when I started in, in communications, oh gosh, back in the eighties, um, the, I was really preached to me to be a generalist, that generalists were far more valuable. And I'm sure they were at the time. It was probably good advice. Uh, I, I'm not sure that's the case anymore. It, it feels like even for new grads, um, they should learn a niche um, as soon as they can or or when they're able to. What would you say?
1: I think it's great to have a specialization. Of course, we do see more of a need now for things like data analytics, measurement, and the multimedia skills. And I don't think any one person can be good at all of those things. I think that is, um, you know, more power to you if you are able to, you know, excel at all of that. But I think we're being asked to do a lot. And Uh, I think it's good to maybe figure out what you like and then focus on that and, you know, have that skill set to take forward with you. And uh, hopefully you can have a team that supports, you know, everything that you need to do these days as a PR communications professional, because there's just a lot to it. And I, I really don't envy people that are on their own, a one person team or a very small team.
0: It's tough. Any concluding thoughts for PR grads?
1: Just that I see so much opportunity for PR and communication professionals. Um, I think that our what we do is in more in demand and needed more than ever because we need to work with our clients and our employers to be more transparent. And to remember that um, audiences, internal and external both, want companies to live up to their values, and we can really help them do that if they will allow us a seat at the
0: table. Michelle, thank you so much for the third time on the podcast. It is always great to have you here. Thank you for joining.
1: Thank you so much, Doug. I really appreciate talking with you always. Thank you.
0: if you'd like to send a message to my guest, Michelle Garrett, you can email her at michelle at michellegarrett.com. Her website is one of the links in the show notes. So is Michelle's Twitter handle. She's terrific on Twitter, an influencer. And you can also participate in hashtag freelance chat, which Michelle, you host, uh, as well as co-hosting hashtag PR lunch hour. And those are how often?
1: Thursdays at noon on The Chat and Fridays at noon on Pierre Lynch Hour on Spaces.
0: Stories and Strategies is a co-production of JGR Communications and Stories and Strategies podcasts. Uh, Two favors, please leave a rating on any podcast app you're listening on and more than anything else, if you like this episode, tell just one friend. Thanks for listening.